I got to get a hold of an altar. I got to get a hold of prayer. I got to touch the throne room. I got to push through this stuff. Sometimes life is big, fat, and ugly. And that's all we can see. That's all we can hear. That's all that's in our face. And so we got to push through the big, fat, and ugly of life to get to what God wants us to see and hear. I'm going to tell you something. i got a word for today. God spoke to me this week continually. He affirmed it all last night. Yesterday, again, through a text message. I believe God's going to let us hear something today, but I'll, I, I had you pray. Those of you that have just showed up, I had everybody pray that be sensitive and that we would be submissive to God's will. Because I'm going to say some things that aren't going to be nice to everybody today. Amen? I, but understand me. I'm preaching to me too. I've already heard it from me too. You heard some, if you were here for prayer meeting, which by the way, if I can say this, we do not have weekly prayer just to have weekly prayer. And I know that many of you, and again, I'm not saying this to get under your skin, but kind of I am. Um, but understand it's done in love. Like we have weekly prayer. One time a week. One time. Everybody say one time. And somebody made a really good point this morning, first of all, let me ask the question that he asked, because I liked it a whole lot. I was like, I, I knew immediately when he said, I'm going to use that today. I didn't know when. I was hoping I'd get to it, and here it is. How many of you get to work by 7 o'clock in the morning? Would you raise your hand? How many before 8 raise your hand? Okay. Some of you are bailing out on me. How many of you got to have school kids to school by 8 o'clock? Raise your hand. Some of you lying to me right now. Come on, raise your hand. Get it up there. We can have our kids, and, and I promise you, if it's anything like our house, we're like, let's go, move, get in the car. Amen? Prayer's later than that. 9 a.m. And it's for a measly 30 minutes. We go to a restaurant, we eat dinner at our house. We do our activities longer than that. Anybody know what I'm preaching about today? Weekly prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just say this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a blanket statement right now. It's gonna be nasty, but I'm being serious. 100%. Do not come to me with your issue if that ain't a weekly thing that you do. I know I got a suit on, and I know if I put a top hat on, I'd look like a musician. But I can't go, Brother Tex, abracadabra, and I hate even saying that up here. Because I believe this is a holy place and fix everything. Just because I'm a man of the cloth 
Just because I went to Bible college one year and I went through all of the things to get my licensing ordination and God called me to be the man of God in your life. I can't fix everything. But there's one thing that can fix everything. I said there's one thing that can fix everything. I'm getting ahead of myself on this message, but you'll just listen to it again in a minute. And that's this right here. Prayer. Right on that. Finding you an altar. Your, your son's backsliding. Your daughter doesn't acknowledge God as much as she used to acknowledge God. You better pray. Amen. Luke 11. Again, to all of our guests, thank you for being here today. We're delighted that you're here. We want you to be a part of Truth Church. Very important announcement. Everybody say first steps. What is first steps? First steps is letting you get to know who Truth Church is and us getting to know who you are. It's helping you find where you can fit in here at Truth Church, and I don't mean that into a clique or a, a group. I'm talking about getting where you can get connected. We don't want you just to come to church. We want you to be a part of the church, amen? amen. We want you serving. We got people that finished, they graduated, and today they're serving for the very first time. Amen. That's being a part of the kingdom of God. That's getting involved in some area. And we tell people every single time that they are in there, you're a 100 in some area. You are, there's some area that you can do something better than other people. And so we want you to be a part of an area of service here at Truth Church. Um, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, you know, we, we always refer that to money, but our time is also our treasure. Yeah. Amen. Our time is. And so when you give your time to serve in the kingdom of God, Amen. Your heart's going to begin to see and you're going to begin to know what's going on here at Truth Church. You're going to understand why when you walk in those doors, we have love, serve, live, share on there. We try to talk about it. We try to preach about it, but it doesn't always, it's not always out there in front of you. But we want to love God, serve others, live for God, and share with others. And by going through first steps, you can figure out what that all means and how you can help articulate that to somebody that walks into this place. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Luke 11. Luke 11. And verse 1. I'm going to encourage you right now, if you have an iPhone, you have an Android, you have a Bible, that go there. I know it's on the screen. I'll probably go back to it again. But just go ahead and find that. I want you to find it in your device. I'm going to give you some time. Some of you are going to have to download the Bible app. Dear Jesus, abide. Go ahead. We'll give you time to. I ain't playing. Some of you already started downloading it before I said anything. <laughs> I'm not being mean. It's just facts, and that's okay. I love you anyway. If you would, if you're able in body, if you're healthy enough, I'm not going to make you, but if you would, stand in honor for the reading of the word. Amen. When presidents give their speech, we stand. Presidents walk in, we stand. When uh, dignitaries begin to do their thing, we stand. This is the word that giveth life. I think we should honor it and stand for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Luke 11 and verse 1. Luke 11 
and verse 1. This is the model, the model prayer. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, somebody say a certain place. Somebody say, I need a place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. Just from this portion, portion of scripture, I glean a whole lot of stuff. I know it's only four lines on my page. I'm not sure, a couple lines, five lines on your page, probably maybe a little more. Just from this portion of scripture, this one verse, I glean a whole lot of stuff. First thing is I've got to teach somebody to pray. If I ever learn how to pray, then I've got to teach somebody to pray. Do you think that they were only wanting to learn how to pray just for themselves? No, they wanted to learn from the master how to pray. And then they too were going to teach others how to pray. Man. But the first thing that we've got to do as disciples of Jesus Christ is we got to be taught to pray. And then we've got to pray. And then we've got to grab the hand of that loved one, that friend, that person, that guest that's in the house, and we've got to teach them how to pray. Statement was used this morning. We've got to exhort one another to seek the face of God. We've got to talk to somebody else about why it is important to pray. This morning, I'm going to preach from this thought, prayer. I have standing or sit, sitting beside me here to my left and right something that my wonderful grandfather built. Father, I can't even talk this morning. My grandfather built these 75 or 76 years ago, Bishop. How long ago was it? Not 75, how long? 70 years. September was 70 years ago that he built these altars. It's one of the first things he did when he came to Denison, Texas. These have made the trip from 102 West Harrison Street behind the old Ramada Inn or the old Texoma Inn or the old Blue Hotel right now is what I call it. Bell's Drive, I believe. They came from there as well. And now they're here. Altars for one purpose, for prayer. Somebody say prayer. There's keys to prayer. There's reasons why we should pray. And most importantly, if we are ever going to be a praying body, if praying as a group of people is ever going to be important, it's got to be important to us individually first. Because when you, Brother Woosley, when you get in touch with God by yourself, when you hear you long, there's, I told you a thousand times, there's a, I'm telling you, right above that door, there are laminated beams that are that close to the top of that trim. It's like it's butted up against it. It almost couldn't go there. If you walk through there, you look above your head because there's an air conditioner duct. 
but I didn't, I didn't care if we had to cut the doors down. I wanted doors over there. That brother text, would you open them up for me real quick? You can close them in a minute, but look at this. I wanted there to be a prayer room that we could usher out of that prayer room into this building. I pray to God, by, I'm telling you, I pray to God, no joke, I pray to him every Sunday, let what's happening in there deafen what's happening in here. Your little conversations, and I, I, I listen, I want guests to wonder what's going on over there. I want people to say, man, what, what is that? what's that all about? You know why? We're a peculiar people. We're different. We're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're apostolic. And so I want people to walk into the building. And then I want us as disciples to do what I just read about. Hey, and I heard it. Oh, Brother Trevor. I'm sorry. I don't mean to embarrass you. But I heard it today. Hey, if you'd like, right down that hallway right there to the left at the very end, there's a prayer room. You can join us if you like. It's all right to say that to somebody. It's all right to encourage somebody. Usher's host team, let me say it over and over again right now. If you're serving at a door, encourage people to go to the prayer room. If you're serving on the host team, get here early so you can pray. Amen. We have a dream team meeting at 8.40. So if you serve on a dream team, let me just get this out there. 8.40 is when you're supposed to be here. If you hadn't been told that, I'm telling you that. So be here at 8.40. Amen. If you're serving in any capacity, get you hide to church so you can get the focus of what's happening on that day. Amen. Somebody say prayer. And it came to pass, one more time, that as he was praying in a certain place, somebody say a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And the last thing I want to say before we pray, if you don't want to pray, you ain't going to pray. Listen to me. Get this. I can preach all over this all day and not go anywhere else. But the Lord of glory was praying. And his disciples said, hey, teach us to pray. He wanted, Brother Jonathan, to pray. He desired, and all of the others desired, to be taught by the Lord of glory how to pray. It's something you're going to want. If you don't want it, you ain't going to pray. It don't matter what I build. It doesn't matter how easy we make it. It doesn't matter if we do it on Wednesday night, Thursday night, or Friday night, or every night of the week. If you don't want to, you ain't going to. And I'm going to tell you this. It doesn't matter how many messages you listen to, how many songs they sing. Your life will be in shambles, and there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it. You have to pray. I said, you have to pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your power. Lord, I've preached the message already, but Lord, I'm going to continue to preach it throughout this service. And I pray that this altar would be filled. I pray that these altars would be filled that are on this stage. I pray that you would draw people right now. My prayer is that you would draw men and draw women. Lord, I am asking that conviction would be in the house right now. Lord, uh, there, there is no uh, but about it. Lord, I want conviction to be in the house. Lord, I am convicted. 
saying, I want to pray more, oh Lord. I want to hear your voice. And Lord, I want to join together in prayer. I remember, Lord, in days of old on 102 West Harrison Street, Lord, there were 200 and there were 150 and there were 120, Lord, that were in the prayer room on, on Saturday night. So Lord, I long for those days again where men and women would come to pray and they would have a passion to seek your face, oh Lord, and their life would be better. Their home would be better. Their jobs would be better. Their businesses would be better in Jesus' name. God, we honor you and we give you praise. Turn around and tell somebody you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord today. Prayer. Man. You can leave them open. I like them open. Actually, no, close them because for security reasons. Our safety team is like, no, you said shut those. <laughs> prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Prayer is and will always be a match. I'm talking about a match. It will be a holy match that will light the fuse that connects us to Jesus Christ. Most Importantly, or rather, not just to Jesus Christ, but to the dunamis of Jesus Christ. Somebody say dynamite. If we will get on our knees and pray, we are going to be connected to the fuse that ignites God's power in our life, in our home, in our situation. And quite frankly, I want it to be ignited. Because when I pray and I connect to Jesus Christ and his presence and his power comes, it blows every hardship. It blows every problem. It blows every situation out of the water. And the only thing standing is his glory and his power. And you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Jesus. That wouldn't have taken place if it wasn't for Jesus. There's no way that I could have done that. There's no way that this help could have come. Say Jesus and his power. Somebody say prayer. Famous quotes such as these from men of God of old ring true in prayer for prayer today. Some that I found and man, I wish, I wish that I could go back. I wish that I could sit with some of these men and just listen to them. I don't have time to tell you all of them. You can ask me later, but listen to what they said. I had rather teach one man to pray than to teach ten men to preach the gospel. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's my heartbeat. Yeah, I want you to teach a Sunday school class. Yes, I want you to serve at a door. Yes, I want you to be a part of the media team. Yes, I want you to do countless things that we need you to do here in the house of God. But if there's one thing that I can hope and pray for is that you would learn how to touch the throne room of God. That you would learn how to get your knees dirty and say, God, create in us a clean heart. God, send us revival. God, let your power fall. God, let the waters of baptism be troubled. Let somebody come to repentance. Let somebody be filled with your spirit. Oh yeah, I want preachers, I want servers, I want the five-fold ministry, but more than anything, I want there to be men and women that know how to pray. Amen. Another quote, prayer is my chief work, but I carry on all else. The number one thing that I'm going to do in life is I'm going to learn how to pray. 
I'm going to learn to teach others how to pray. Prayer is the chief exercise of faith by which we daily receive God's benefits. That's powerful, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you something. Men that pin things like this, they didn't just reach in the sky and grab them. No, they had an encounter with God. They had a connection with the King of Kings. They had a connection with the dynamite of Jesus. And the reason why they're able to pin those things is because they've done the work. Yeah. To have those type of things come out of their mind. Prayer bends the omnipotence of heaven to your desire. Prayer moves the hand that moves the world. Prayer is a powerful thing, for God has bound and tied himself thereunto. In other words, if you want something done, you better get on your knees in prayer. If you want that person saved, you better get on your knees in prayer. If you want that miracle sign and wonder, you better get on their knees in prayer. And I'm telling you, as I told our dream team today, it can't be a prayer of, oh, now I lay me down to sleep. For the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, it avails much. God, I need you. God created me a clean heart. God renewed me a right spirit and then began to call on the name of Jesus then begin to pray without ceasing then begin to pray God move in the life of this individual God send us revival God make a way when there seemeth to be no way if you did it in the book oh God you can do it in 2022 in the name of Jesus Christ yeah. it can't be a mealy mouth prayer it can't be a now lay me down to sleep prayer it can't be a good food good God let's eat no not that kind of prayer but I'm talking a prayer with intention Prayer that shakes the foundations of the earth. I've said it and it's been said many, many times. We have to push. We have to pray until something happens. Yeah. I'll say it again. You've got to want to. How many just absolutely, absolutely loves turmoil in your life? Would you please stand to your feet? How many absolutely love the issues that happen in life? You just love it. If you want, you get up in the morning, God, give me a bunch of issues today. Seven flat tires, Lord, I want them. Jesus, let me overdraft in my account like 20 times today, Lord. Nobody wants that. If you don't want things like that, if you don't want life to stop you in your track when life happens, yeah. Seek his face. And I, again, not pinning any roses on me. I just did what I knew to do from the word of God. I literally took Sister Ginger home from the doctor appointment, the doctor appointment. Where it was said that we believe that she has leukemia. I love, I love you. I hugged her. I'll tell the kids later. And I drove straight here, Brother Ken. And I walked in the door over there that used to be there. Now there's four of them. And I walked right over here. I didn't even know what to say. I was yeah. just like standing there. I was like, oh. Oh, my goodness. And I just went. 
Lord, I place it in your hands. God, I just preached. I just preached, Lord, that it's not anybody's fault. It's that your glory be revealed. And if it was just happenstance that I prayed that, Lord, then okay, but I don't believe in coincidences. God, let your glory be revealed in Jesus' name. tears but I got up walked out that door got in my car and drove back to my house if you learn how to lean on prayer when you're tiptoeing through the tulips and everything's going good you're eating prime rib steak and bone in ribeyes and mashed potatoes and uh, potatoes are gratin and all that good stuff and everything and everything's going good you got enough money in the bank and all that when all of that ceases you still going to have this right here. Yeah. The Bible tells us, I know where my help, I'm paraphrasing, I know where my help comes from. Yeah. It doesn't come from Benjamin Franklin. No. It don't come from the $5 bill, the $10 bill, the $100 bill, the $50 bill. It doesn't come from any of that. Our help comes from the Lord. Somebody say prayer. Pray. Somebody say, I got to pray. I got to pray. The great people on the earth today are the people who pray. I say that because the people that I know, the people that I esteem, the people that I, I called men this week, talking to them about things in my life and things that are going on, and they are men that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they pray. I know that they seek the face of God. I know that they have a direct line. I know that they are in tune with God. And so I have things that they say, things that they do, I pattern things, things that they have done in prayer, I am doing in prayer. And I do them over and over again. But those powerful people, those people on this earth today that we would consider powerful are people who pray. Those people that seek the face of God and things happen when they pray. Those are the people that I want to be in contact with. You got to pray. Those people that seek God's face, those people that love Jesus Christ, those people that have a connection with Jesus Christ are the ones that you and I must make sure that we say, hey, I want what you have. I'm not there yet. Would you teach me? Would you show me? As soon as you are taught, as soon as you learn, as soon as you get in the book and find out for yourself, then you need to open your mouth and you need to become the teacher in this day and age and you need to grab a hold of a young person. You need to grab a hold of a baby in Christ and you need to say, hey, let's learn to seek the face of God together because I promise you when hail and high water comes, when rain sleet and snow comes, you're going to have to have a connection with Jesus Christ. The people that pray, the people that pray in this church are the ones that are doing the most for God. I said that it may get a little little rough in here today, but those (laughs) that pray in here today and they seek the face of God the most, more than they do anything else. They, they fast, they pray. They're doing more for God 
They're doing more soul winning. They're doing more teaching Bible studies. They're doing more solving problems. They're, wake, they're awakening the church in this last and closing hour. I'm talking about people in this building right now that you say, hey, I, I got to pray. I got to seek the face of God. I got to get up here in the morning. I'm not just going to do it on 24-hour prayer week. But I know pastors only called one week for 24-hour prayer. But I'm going to pray every single week. Why? Because I got to awaken the church. It may not get any, I may not get any accolades and I don't want them. But I want to awaken the church. I want to awaken my brother brothers and sisters in the Lord that this is the hour there's an urgency in this hour and we better get it mom and dad you better get it in your spirit if you want your son to live for God if you want your daughter to live for God then you better be a praying mama you better be a praying daddy I'll tell you something there are men there are some men there's some men that drive 45 minutes. There's some men that drive almost 30 minutes, almost 30 minutes to get here at men's prayer. And women, they do the same. And I'm going to tell you something. That lets me know something. It's important to you. You may have to drive to Dallas to work. You may have to do whatever else to go to your work. But it's important to you to pray. And you know what that makes me realize? That makes me realize you love your family. You not only love your family, you love your church. You want to see revival in this last and closing hour. It's got to be important, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody shout pray. If you are going to be one that keeps this old earth sweet just a little while longer, you've got to be a praying person. I understand. I get it. I know what the Bible says about this, this earth. This earth is going to pass away. This earth is going to turn back into the mess that it once was. It's going to be gone. It's going to be out of here. But as long as we're on this earth, we better pray for this earth. As long as we're on this earth, we better pray for all its leaders. As long as we're on this earth, we better pray for every preacher. As long as we're on this earth, we better teach people how to pray. As long as we're on this earth, we better have an effectual, fervent prayer. Two things are necessary to move the hand of God. If you want to write them down, I encourage you to do so. Two things are necessary to move the hand of God. God's willingness to bestow and my faith to believe. Two things. And I can guarantee you, if there's no effectual fervent prayer, his hand stays right here. If there's no prayer, his hand stays right here. And believe me, I'm not trying to be mean. But if our prayer is like this, Jesus, 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 you don't believe in what you're praying. You don't believe in the God you're praying to. That's why when the going gets rough, you run to pastor or you run to your brother. I need your help. Because you don't believe in the God you're praying to. Yeah, I do, pastor. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if you believed in the God you're praying to, you would take the advice from the word of God when it tells you the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous individual. Man, woman. You do not believe in the God Amen. Listen to me. You do not believe in the God that you're praying to if you don't live a righteous and a holy life. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, 
if you believe in the God that I'm talking about, you'll do what the Bible says to do. I believe, Brother Adams, anything I ask in his name, he'll do it. If I believe that, then I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray. Well, Pastor Darren, what you're not saying is, my sister Ginger had to get a bone marrow transplant and that miraculous healing did not come only by God. I'm just telling you this. And I understand I get all the skeptics. Yeah, you're just weaseling yourself out of it. No, I'm not. Everything that happens. Everything. I did that because God allowed me to do that. I believe in him and everybody else. Brother Tex, everybody. Whether you're in Botswana or you're right here in Denison, Texas, we all live and move and have our being because God gives it. There's people that don't even walk into church and they don't even believe in God. That in him only do they live and move and have their being. And so, yes, I do believe that God, somewhere down the line, made somebody, Dr. Bouchon, made him decide to go to medical school. And I believe that he went through everything he went through. He's helped many people. There's people that I know that he's helped to live right here in Sherman. And he learned all the things he learned and did all the things he did. I believe that God could have done it miraculously without any, anybody's help or using doctors. Yes, he has. Yeah. But I also believe that God said, you know, there's a, there's a physician's assistant that Ginger needs to witness to and talk to. If I don't believe the book, then I don't believe that my steps are ordered by the Lord. I don't believe Sister Ginger's steps are ordered by the Lord. But I can tell you time and time again that Sister Ginger's gone in there and she's come out and she's told me, she says, she's dumbfounded at stuff that's happened. She's overwhelmed at stuff that happened. Dr. Bouchon, I, like I said, I got friends that have gone there and or we have friends that have gone there and been, and been taken care of, but he's never written stuff about them. But Sister Ginger is in medical journals right now yeah. because Dr. Bouchon is dumbfounded at everything that happened. And that's not, I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not weaseling out of it. I believe God wanted to orchestrate something in Dr. Bouchon and Jessica and every person. Every time Ginger walks into that building, oh, we're so glad to see you. You're doing so good. Man, this is awesome. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and that is why. And, ladies, that doesn't happen if you try to do it all by yourself, if you think you can do it all by yourself. But when you get on your knees and say, Lord, let your glory be revealed. Let your word be established once again in somebody's life, in somebody's spirit. And I understand it preaches good and it builds faith. But ladies and gentlemen, when you live your life, understanding from where your help comes from. Maybe seated. His willingness to bestow in our faith to believe. The Bible says all things are available to him who prayed. All things are possible to him that believeth. If this be true, 
We live in an age where there is little praying. We live in an hour where there's not enough praying. All things are possible to him that believe. I'm sorry, but I believe that. I do. And my encouragement to you today and my challenge to you today is that you also need to believe that word. You need to hang your hat on that word. All things are possible to him, to them, to that individual that believes. I believe in Jesus Christ. I know that God's able. I know that he's true. I know that he can. I know that the dead can live again. I know that the cancer can be eradicated. I know that all of those things can happen. But in this age that we live in, not very many people believe that. Because there's too little prayer. What we try to do is we try to arrange it ourselves. We try to fix it ourselves. We try to make it happen ourselves. The present condition of the church, it proves it. We can look across the congregation right now. And there are people that are broken. There are people that are hurting. There are people that are not where they need to be with Jesus Christ. If all things are possible to them that believe that we've been on our faces in prayer. You that are in the building today and you know that I'm talking to you, you know that I'm preaching to you, listen to me. If you believe things are possible with Jesus Christ, then put him to the test. Watch him do what he can do. It may not add up like you think it should add up. My math and God's math don't work. I mean, I've tried it. I've been like, no, see, man, come on, what's up? Why'd you have to do that to me? Why, why, I mean, I, I, I thought I knew it. I thought I was smart. No. God says, this is how I add. This is how I do things. I let you go through hell so I can show you that I can sustain you through hell. I let you see the worst of the worst so you can tell somebody. God can pull you out of the mess of doctor visits and all of that stuff. And he can set you on the other side of it. And he can tell you, I got faith more than the grain of a mustard seed. I believe that God can and I believe that God will. And nothing's going to shake my faith. Why? Because God is who God is. See, the Garden of Eden, they had it good. They had it good, Brother Cooper. You know, they walked by sight. The Bible says that they walked with him in the cool of the day. Anything's possible when he's right there beside you. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a man. Oh, snake. I got Jesus right here. They walk by sight. He walked with them in the cool of the day. You and I don't have that privilege. Where's God at? Faith cometh by and hearing by the. Faith is the substance of things, the evidence of things not. I'm reading his word. His word is coming in me. <laughs> but after 
that time where everything went awry, that expulsion, he had to walk. Men had to walk by faith. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where prayer walks in. We don't have Jesus, Brother Luke, walking right beside us, bumping our shoulder, letting us know he's here. But we do have a connection with him if, in fact, we want it. When man was expelled out of the Garden of Eden, the opportunity to pray came into the picture. And you and I, if we want to have that connection like they did in the Garden of Eden, Brother Jonathan, we can have it today. Every morning you can get up and go to your altar and if you want it, you can walk with him in the cool of the day. Every evening before you lay your head down at night, you can get down on your knees and you can walk with him in the cool of the day. Somebody shout prayer if you want to have a connection with God. If you want revival to happen in your family and in the church. If you want revival to happen in this city. If you will, get down on your knees and get connected with God. You're walking with him in the cool of the day and things that you never thought possible, that I never thought possible will come to pass. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. Prayer is a man on earth talking to the God in heaven. What a tremendous responsibility rests on us as believers. The need of the hour is prayer. The need of the hour in this day and age is prayer. It's the need for prayer is going to enlighten us. It's going to, it's going to help us. It's going to minister to us. It's going to, it's going to bring to pass things that we never thought possible. If we are persistent in prayer, if we are current in prayer, if we make up in our mind, I'm going to be intelligent in my talking with Jesus Christ because I got to be precise. I got to be persistent. I'm not going to stop. If something doesn't happen tomorrow, I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to go back to prayer because prayer brings results. Prayer makes something happen. Consecration with the divine. God will show up with his hand and he will aid us. He will minister to us. Every child of God, every child of God has a spiritual vision and can see the necessity. Hmm. You can see the necessity of prayer. And you got the idea that Prayer is a necessity. But not all the time do we pray. You know that prayer changes things. You know that ask and ye shall receive. You know seek and ye shall find. You know to humble yourself and pray. We know the necessity of it. We know that I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself right now, but we know that if we pray, God can answer by fire. Amen. Amen. We know that if we pray, God can eliminate the element in our life. We know the necessity of it, but we don't always do it. And when we don't do it, in fact, what that is saying with a loud megaphone voice is, I don't believe in God. Well, I've prayed before and it didn't happen. Does that, Brother Rawls, does that make God not real? Does that make God 
not the prayer answering God just because it didn't happen like you think it should happen. I can tell you time and time again that I prayed, God, heal this person. God, I've laid my hands on them in the hospital or in their house. God, heal them. And I don't even know. Bishop has more stories than that, I'm sure. And it didn't happen. But, praise the Lord. But, if it doesn't happen, God's still real. He's still sovereign. He's still all-powerful. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I know that that preaches good and we get all excited about that. But I truly believe that. I'm telling you, I prayed specific prayers. God, don't let this happen because if this happens, then this will have to happen for Ginger. And it went completely opposite of what I prayed. It completely. And Ginger cried and I cried and we looked at each other and we're like, why in the world? Come on, God. Ask ye shall receive. Seek ye shall find what's the deal, God. You know what it made me do? I could have thrown in the proverbial towel. But I did not do that. I went to the book. And then I went to the book and I felt conviction. You know something? You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're still all-knowing and all-powerful. You can, if you want to, make this a miraculous thing. Or you can sustain me through it. And I'm going to tell you what it's done for me personally. This is kind of funny, but it's given me a lot to preach about. Because I'm telling you, God's taken me through it. God's shown Ginger some things. And God's built her faith. And she's like, if I can go through it, you can go through it. God's there the whole way. He gives you strength the whole way. It's made me personally more compassionate. Those that are broken and hurting. Now, for those that are like, I mean, stuff just happens. They're like, I'm like, pull up your bootstraps, you sissy. Love Jesus. Fall in love. Are, are you are you love him just because he's gonna do miracles for you? You love him because he's God. Come on. Come on. Come on. We want. We want. Man, I wish I had some circus music. We want Jesus to... What do you want? What can I do for you today, ladies and gentlemen? Come on. I know it's funny, but that's what we do. That's what, that's what many people do. But God's saying, hey, when the going gets rough, are you still going to trust in me? This is what Darren did. This is what Darren did. I went and started reading about the children of Israel in Egypt. That's what I did. My personal time. And I was like, man, taskmasters are hard. But God was still God. They had to build their city, but God's still God. They were dumb and rebellious and didn't listen to the man of God in their life. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to go. I'm going to stop right there and not go to that. They listened to the man of God. They didn't listen to the man of God in their life, and they wandered in the wilderness for a long, long time. But God was still God. So cry me a river over your small little stuff and my small little stuff. I love Jesus no matter what's happening. I said I was more compassionate. That didn't sound very compassionate. I apologize. Praying churches will produce praying converts. 
I want us to be a praying church because I don't want people just to sit in the prayer room. I want people to pray in the prayer room. I want people to pray for the city. I want people to pray for the church. I want people to pray for revival. I want us to bind together in unity. I would, I mean, I wonder what would happen if this many people would face up in that room on Sunday morning. I wonder what would happen in this place next Sunday. I wonder what would happen if you'd get up when 6 o'clock rolls around and says, I got to make sure I'm at the building at 9 a.m. so I can pray. Babies, get up and eat breakfast. Baby, let's go to the donut shop so we can get to the prayer room. The prayer room is important, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody shout prayer. prayer. Righteous people will pray. And they must pray. Man. Second Chronicles 7. And 14, very familiar scripture. Most everybody in the building can probably quote it. The word that gets me and the word in this scripture that should make you understand that it is a choice is the very first word. Anybody know what it is? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Somebody say, I got to get out of the way. Somebody say, I got to get up in the morning. Somebody say, I, I, I got to make time at nighttime. I, I got to do something. I got to, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's going back to humbling yourself. That's going back to not doing what you want to do. You've got to turn from your wicked ways. You've got to stop doing the dumb, wrong stuff that you know not to do. Everybody in this building knows between wrong and right. We know that it's not okay to walk outside and shoot somebody in the head. It's not okay to do that physically with a real gun. It's not okay to do that with your words. Come on. We understand that we're not supposed to say the Lord's name in vain. We're, we're not supposed to allow any evil thing to come out of our mouth. But people do it all the time. We know that. So turn from our wicked ways. Then will he hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. Righteous people must pray. And we got to pray. If we're going to see anything happen this last and closing hour, there's got to be a busy prayer room at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. There's got to be busy church-wide prayer on the last Wednesday night of every month. There's got to be busy men prayer and busy women prayer meetings. we got to be a praying church. Yeah. Right. You may be seated. I'm about to say something nasty. How can we expect God to be present in our prayers if we ourselves are absent from them? Come on. Yeah. I'm not even going to give the statistic because it's nasty. But the amount of people that are in here that actually really have a prayer life, that you really get up in the morning and pray, I'm not talking about your bacon and eggs. Everybody loves that. We're going to thank God for that all the time. But I'm talking about really pray. The statistics are staggering. But as soon as the going gets rough, we run to Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, I need you. And because he's a powerful God, 
He sometimes does it. He does. Sometimes he looks at you and says, is this the only time you're going to come to me? If we are absent from our prayers, how do we expect God to be right there? The Bible says he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And we take that, is that the only, that's the only time we need to pray? Seriously, that's what we do. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. So we take that as, all right, when I am in trouble, I will then pray. Come on. And it becomes our gospel. Church, friends, guests that are in the house, pray. And this is the deal. And you better hear me today. And I'm not being mean and I'm not being difficult. Since you know this now, maybe you didn't know this. Since you know this now, you're going to be tested on it. Yeah. So it would be to our benefit to give God the time of day that he deserves. <laughs> being an apostolic, being a Christian does not simply mean to pray occasionally, but it means to pray continually. No one can live by taking a breath once in a while. A person cannot read by a flickering light only. A ship cannot sail with just a little bit of air. A little bit of wind. No. And the church, somebody say my church. A church cannot maintain spiritual connection and health by praying only once in a while. get real personal with you. Daddy, stand to your feet. Men, stand to your feet. I know that it's talking about humankind. But the Bible says men ought to pray. All the time we must pray. I know that it's talking about humankind. But I'm talking to some men right now. Do me a favor. Just test it out. This week, test it out. Since you get up so early and you go to work, and you get all your day planned, why don't you get up 20 minutes earlier and get on your knees and begin to pray and begin to seek the face of God, begin to call on his name, begin to plead the blood of Jesus over your daughter and your son and your wife and your friends and your family and your church and begin to pray. I'm challenging some men right now to do this. Ladies, why don't you stand to your feet? I'm hurrying. You may be seated, men. Ladies, I'm challenging you. I know there's some of you that do, and I'm preaching to the choir on some, case, some occasions, here, uh, some of you today, but I'm telling you, I wonder what would happen if these I know that they're just monuments. I know that they are just prayer benches that my grandfather built. But I wonder what would happen if we found a place. My ottoman, I love it. I'm glad I bought it at TJ Maxx a long, long time ago. I'm thankful I put my socks on there, put my shoes on there. But I love it because I go in there when nobody's around. I shut my door to my closet and I pray. I wonder what would happen. Let's stop using that door, okay? Praise the Lord. I pray. And why do I pray? 
I pray because I'm trying to develop something in me. I'm trying to develop a connection with God. I'm trying to touch the throne room of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to get a connection. Ladies, I wonder what would happen if this week you made up in your mind, hey, I usually get up at 6 or I usually get up at 4.30, but today I'm going to get up at 4 and I'm going to pray from 4 to 4.30. I'm going to pray from 5 to 5.30. I'm going to seek the face of God. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen in your marriage. I wonder what would happen in your home. I wonder what would happen with your kids. I wonder what would happen, I promise you, when you get a connection with God and you start living right. And you First thing you need to pray is, God, guard my mouth, guard my tongue, guard my life, guard my actions, guard the things I see, guard the things I look at. Cover me in your blood, Lord. Cover me with, with your presence and your power. Lord, cleanse me with hyssop right now in the name of Jesus. Then I'd be white as snow. I want to be a righteous man. You may be seated. Ladies, pray. Men, pray. People of God, pray. We got to pray. We've got to pray. It cannot be an every once in a while thing. We can't pray only when we have revival with Brother Dylan Morgan. We can't pray when we only have a, a special service coming up. We can't only pray. When pastor sends out a text message, hey, be at the prayer room. We got to make up in our mind, I am going to be a praying individual. I'm going to be a man that seeks the face of God. I'm going to be a woman that seeks the face of God. No matter what pastor says, no matter what my friends say, no matter what's happening at the church or not happening at the church, I'm going to be a praying individual. Man. Nothing compares to the power of intention prayer. I'm going to read you some stories about some people Men of God, men, I know some of them, they, they were not of our faith, but if you read about what God did, God did fill people with the Holy Ghost. And they might have been Baptist, I don't know, but I'm just telling you that they were men of prayer nonetheless. Evan Roberts, the famous Welsh revivalist, in response to a plea from the country, this country, United States, for advice, he replied, this is a man that prays. He says this, this, or he said this, this is my message to America churches. Ask and you shall receive. His simple declaration was, ask and you shall receive. When I read that quote, what that did for me was, that is a man that believes the God of the Bible. That's a man that believes that God can answer prayers. He believes that if I get on my knees and I seek the face of God, that God will come through on my behalf or on this world's behalf. And I submit to you this morning, ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. But I also submit to you, if you don't ask, if you don't knock, if you don't seek, none of it's going to come to pass in your life. Somebody shout prayer. Somebody shout prayer. prayer. Praise God. You may be seated. I submit to you this question today. Are you praying for revival in your home? Are you praying for revival in true church? Are you a part of the corporate body in prayer? Or are you just part of the corporate body? I'm going to tell you what this pastor wants. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that you come to church and I want you to come to church. But my sole desire is 
that you would not just be a part of the corporate body, but you would be a part of the corporate body of prayer. The body that has decided, I'm going to be a praying part of the body. I'm going to be someone that seeks your face. I'm going to be someone that gets up early. I'm going to be someone that makes it happen. I understand. I'm beating a dead horse. But we'll pray for our homes. We'll pray for our jobs. We'll pray for everything. We'll pray for when the issues and the problems come, when COVID comes, when everybody gets scared and you pray. And I'm thankful for all of that. But what has happened to prayer today? When we weren't able to meet, people were praying. They'd text me, Pastor, I'm praying that we can come back together this week. I'm praying. Many people or you'll send, will send out a text message and people will say, I'm praying. But unfortunately, I never see you in the prayer room on a Sunday morning. Well, I'm praying, Pastor. Are you? We're known by our fruits. If prayer was important to you, you'd be in that prayer room because that prayer room benefits more than just yourself. That prayer room is important to the body. Are you praying for revival, both for your life and for the lives of others? Are you confessing sins to him and seeking for his blessing over your life? My question to you today is, are you praying? Somebody shout prayer. People may push away our appeals. People may reject the message of a one true God. People may oppose our arguments. They may despise our people. They may despise every apostolic. They may despise who you are and what you stand for, but they are helpless against our prayers. No, your God can't do that. My God can, and I'm going to pray about it. One reason why one reason why prayer is so important to the church and to revival is that when individuals have a prayer life, their life is right. Somebody say right. Everything about life will be right. When one is praying, when one is on that ground of prayer with an open circuit to the king of glory, when you have that connection in prayer, every other phase of our life, be in proper order when we have prayer. I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep. I'm not talking about good God let's eat. I'm not talking about those little bitty things that we've taught our kids that you need to pray for your schoolwork. You need to pray for your meal. You need to pray for this and you need to pray for that. No, I'm talking about a, an effectual fervent encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you have that town kind of individual prayer life, everything is right and proper and in order in life. Gentlemen, challenges us, and I won't take too long. I got a little bit of time, or I'm taking a little bit of time, rather. The Bible challenges us to pray. How holy men of old sought the face of God, and how they did it on behalf of not themselves, but for the reviving, the revival of people. Psalms 85. If you'll turn your attention to the screen. Psalms 85, verse 5 through 7. David pleaded, Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger 
to all generations. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. That's the kind of prayers that David prayed. For what? For reviving. That's why it's important, ladies and gentlemen, that that room right there is full of people on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, God revive every broken spirit. Revive those that have a heart that is not close to you. Revive, Lord, the waters of baptism that they may be troubled with somebody getting in and being baptized in Jesus' name. The wayward soul, oh Lord, revive them today. Lord, let them have salvation today. Let someone be drawn to the altar today that they may find completion with you. Yeah. That's why that place is important. That's why I beg you to come to a place of prayer on a Sunday morning. That's why we have church-wide prayer. That's why when we come together as men and they come together as women, that we can see who is not there, not just because of time, but probably because they don't want to be there or they got something else going on. And we can say, Lord, revive their prayer life. Man. Stand to your feet. How earnestly Ezra begged God for revival in his day. The divine record tells us in the words of Ezra himself. Ezra 9 verse 5. And at the evening, somebody say the evening. At the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness. And having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God and said, Oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to life upon my face to thee. My God, for our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the land to the sword, to captivity, and to a spoil, and to confusion of face. And it is this day. And now for a little, listen to that, for a little space grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape <laughs> and to give us listen to me church and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us little reviving in our bondage God Give them a little space. When we come together for church-wide prayer, we pray prayers like that. When somebody comes in this building today, God, give them a little space of grace. Give them an opportunity to get out of their bondage, reviving them in their bondage. God, I want them to be taken out of that. We can pray together. And we can believe together. And we can know that God can. And we know that God will. Elijah pleading with Jehovah for a little fire from heaven, saying, 
Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. I love preaching about this. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. Let it be, let it be revived today. And that I am my servants, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know. Somebody say no. no. Say, I got to know my God. Know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I am praying that your heart would be turned back on this Sunday, on this hour, on this time where I'm preaching and screaming and yelling and trying to convince you that you got to pray. My prayer is that your heart would be turned back again. The Bible says then, then after that kind of prayer, after that approaching the throne room, then the fire of the Lord failed. And it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stone and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trenches. What a mighty move of God. What a mighty revival that took place. I believe it because the Bible said it. If you said it, I believe it, God. If you said you can do it, I trust in it, God. And I'll tell you what solidifies that even more is when you find a place to pray about it. You know why I say every time, some of you have heard me say it, you don't know what to pray, pray the book. Right there. Get on your knees and begin to pray. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel. God, you're God in the middle of my issue. You're the God. I know all hell is breaking loose. I know there's false prophets trying to come against. I know all of this stuff is coming against. But Lord, you're the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Israel. And God, I want everybody to know that you're God. And Lord, I want you to hear me, oh Lord. Hear me. That every person that I come in contact with, every person that I work with, my family, Lord, let them know. Let everybody know that thou art the Lord God. And God, I want you to turn their hearts to know you again. I want them to know who you are. I want them to know that you answer by fire. You can consume the problem in the situation. You can consume the divorce. You can consume the, the kids that are back sick. You can consume the, the money problem. You can consume the business problem. You can consume everything. And there will be a reviving that you never thought possible. And lastly, our Lord, the King of glory himself, joined his servants in praying for a reviving. Luke 6. Luke 6, verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night. All we're asking for around here is 30 minutes or an hour. And continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them he chose twelve, whom also he named 
apostles. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors in the harvest. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking to some disciples today. I'm looking to some first-time guests today. I'm looking to some people under the sound of my voice that will hear this preacher when I say we must pray. We must speak to our king. We must talk to our king. We must pray about the good things and we must pray about the bad things. We must get in the word and read about how he wants us to have revival and he wants us to see things happen. He wants people to be laborers in this last and closing hour. He wants us to be people that commit to his cause and not our cause. And he's waiting for people to pray. He's waiting for people for it to be so important that they do like what my grandfather did and build an altar, Mom. No, we're not going to get rid of these. We may sand them down and we may get some nails and fasten them up and maybe restain them and maybe repair some of the edges that they may last another 70 years. Why? Because prayer is that important. There's no doubt that there are stains. I know it's probably from keys and it may be from a few kids getting into that stuff. I don't even know what that is in there. I'm not sure. But you can get your fingernail and you can dig on it and peel some of that stuff off. But I bet money. If I was a betting man. Not a betting man. But if I was, I promise you that some of those marks are fingernails. They're the marks of effectual, fervent prayer. Put our text back up there, if you would, media team. They're the marks of someone down the line that was taught how to pray. Someone down the line that was told that this is how you pray. This is what you got to do. This is how you got to seek the face of God. I'm going to teach you how I was taught. And so they knew that, man, this is the only way to do it. This is going wrong in my life. And this is, I'm not sure what to do here, but I know that I was taught how to pray. And so those marks are no doubt people praying effectual, fervent prayers. You know, I had a few people that were miffed at me about building this platform right here. Because you said we don't have steps to kneel down on. It's not... It's not comfortable. One person said it wasn't comfortable. Shame on you. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm not going to call you names, but the reason I'm going to rebuke you is because, yeah, it's different. And it may not be comfortable. But the last time I checked, when I read the book, the altar wasn't comfortable. Ever. Blood. Sister Joe, we don't even got a clue. Blood, knives, hurt, pain. I'm sorry. We lay it down on the altar. I gave you a key in my title slide today because the key to revival in your home, 
the key, the only key, there is not two or three or seven or eight, and there's not even steps to it. The only key to revival in your home and the only key to revival here at True Church and in Denison, Texas and Sherman and the surrounding area, the only key, there's only one, to revival and to being what God wants us to be and your family getting what it wants, that God wants it to have. He knows the plans and the thoughts and the, he knows everything that he has towards you there of good and not of evil. The only key is that obscure word that's in the top of that key. P-R-A-Y-E-R. -E Prayer. That's it. Why do I capitalize on relationship? Because if you build a relationship with God in prayer, it doesn't matter what I say or don't say. I'm going to support you, Pastor. But I got a prayer life. Before I even came to church today, Pastor, I had an encounter with God. Before I walked into the prayer room, I had already talked to God. Pastor, I'm just letting you know I got some issues going on in life but I've already gone to the throne room and God's promised me this. God's helped me with this. All I'm wanting you to do is pray with me. You don't got to say anything. You don't got to talk to me and I'm not trying to get out of work. I'm trying to tell you if you'll pray it is the key to every answer that you're looking for. If you need passion in your home if you need compassion in your home if you need peace in your home Go pray. I would to God that you would make up in your mind that this altar is going to be a place where you want to come. I would to God that you would make up in your mind just like you want to make that buck every single week that you would make up in your mind I want to pray every single week. These altars are open right now and as you come I want you to lend your ears to me because there's a couple more things that I want to say to you. And I promise you, I'm pulling for you today. We say we believe Elijah's God still lives today. And answers still just as powerful as he did. But my question is, where is the proof? Where is the proof? We say that God is still in the prayer hearing business. But where is the proof? I believe God answers prayers, but we never pray. I believe God can do that, but we never consult God about it. I believe God can send revival, but not once have we prayed about revival. I believe God can heal our land. I believe God can transform my life. I believe God can, can help my business prosper. I believe, but where is the proof that we believe? We can say it all day. But what shows that we believe in the God that answers prayers is when we get on our knees and we prostrate ourselves in adoration and submission to God and we began to pray. I believe God's going to send revival. I believe souls are going to come in this church. I believe that we're going to have services like we've never had. I believe. As I was in men's prayer on Tuesday morning, I heard men praying, God, 
give us a desire to pray. God, give us a heartbeat for prayer. God, move in me for prayer. And my heart that morning when I got here a little earlier than everybody else, as I sat at my desk, I began to pray, God, give us a heartbeat for prayer. God, let our spirit long to pray. Let our mind long to pray. I submit to you this morning. If you want to have a praying son, if you want to have a praying daughter, if you want to have a praying home, if you want to have prayers answered, then you must pray. Come on, as that as that music plays on the on the keyboard, as that music plays on the organ before they sing a song, can we have a roar of prayer here today?